Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Joaquin, and I'm here with Jay and with Christina. Christina, she is our esteemed guest of the evening. She has had us in stitches all night. So, Christina, we're happy that you're here with us. Thank not, you. Not literal. <laughs> What's that? Not, not literal, literal stitches. I'm, well, you know. It she, got close a couple times, actually. She, yeah, she's been like swinging some kind of bow staff or something she picked up from Africa. <laughs> so, I'm not quite sure. It was but, a, a, a no. rain stick. It was a rain stick. She was making it rain? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, the rain stick. Yeah. That's what I said. She was making yeah, it yeah, rain. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, the awesome thing is that, like we, haven't, like, we haven't seen you. And, I mean, it's been 15 months since you've been in Africa, right? You were in Africa for 15 months. But even before that, like in Nashville, you're busy with, with your work and all the million and one things that you do. Sure. For everybody. And so we haven't seen you. But um, the funny thing is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that I haven't said on here before. Okay. But the funny thing is that when, when I first told Christina to listen to our podcast, right? Because. Correct. Because, like, she doesn't know this because I, I guess we don't tell her. But, like, your opinion counts for a lot. It, it's like it, it, it counts a lot for us whenever when we do. Yeah, it, like, it we, ha- for these things. It has right? some weight. Like, it, holds, it has a lot of weight. So I was like waiting with bated breath, like for you to tell us to tell us what you thought of the podcast. So when she said, "I told you," she said that, "Oh, it was great! It was awesome!" I felt like, like I was on the kitchen table at Junior's house, like when we first met, just right. joking it up and chopping it up, and then it got into a serious tone, real Bible, real theological. Like it's awesome, right? It's like it just took me back, and I'm like, perfect, because. That's exactly what. That's exactly the feel that we wanted to have. Yeah, correct. So I don't remember you telling me that. Yeah, well, whatever. You're old. You forget things. He's a liar. But You're a liar, but the <laughs> but the awesome thing is that like, no, I, rem- as, I, re- as, I remember. As soon as we do, as soon as we start Facebook Live or Periscope and whatever it is that we decide to do, you're gonna see that right now. Like we're on a table. We're, we're literally <laughs> at, at kitchen a table. table. At a kitchen at a table. Kitchen table. <laughs> And this is how we do the podcast, so and it's 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 pretty dope. And, 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 and we laughed talking. a lot, and I imagine it's going to get serious at some point. At, right? at some point, well, you know, the, the 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 sad thing is that unfortunately, a lot of the funny stuff that we've been laughing at, you guys have told me I can't like mention, <laughs> I can't like bring it up. So I I might not be as funny. It might just kind of I don't know. But uh, today I will say this. Uh, so for those of you that, you know, if you ever check, when you check our Instagram, so in Christina's honor, today we have the Funko Pop Wonder Woman and Batgirl, since, since uh, Christina is here. They're the ones producing uh, today's episode, and I don't like the way Wonder Woman's looking at me, so make sure. Uh, and you're I'm right, Batgirl has some big feet. And Batgirl got some, <laughs> Batgirl got some big old feet. So uh, 
With that, anyway, so with, with that, with that being said, with that, with that being said, <laughs> I can't say anything else. Yeah. Uh, you just compliment them because they're hope, women. Go yes, with that. yes. Yeah. Hey, girls. So hopefully, How you doing? Hope, hopefully, hopefully, Funko will like you know throw some exclusive little Funko pops or something. I'm just asking if anyone here is, is from Funko. <laughs> Or make make pops of us. Or make pops of us. Oh, that would be so dope. They'd have to use the Doomsday one for me, because big old head <laughs> for you, for you with that big old forehead of yours. It'd be like the be like J in quotations. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need in quotations forehead. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need two. Oh no. I'm gonna need two. I'm gonna need one from my forehead and one oh. for me. And then you gotta put one on the top of the other, like like the Alfred Legos. Yeah, so they're, they gonna, the- they're gonna have to take the two heads, they have to chop the top the chop off one, the the top of one of the heads so they could stack it on the other head to get to get that it'll be the first wow, to get that it'll be the first double layer fun, fun go pop yeah. i feel like i have stepped into comic-con and i'm <laughs> suddenly hanging out with a whole bunch of guys with a whole new language that i don't understand all right so but, well, speak, educate me speaking about five uh, about about comic-con a bunch of nerds right speaking about comic-con now this is the funny thing right because i mean <laughs> Right. Speaking of that laugh, did you hear that guy? He always does that. Speaking about Comic Con, right? Comic Con just finished. It just finished. right. San Diego Comic Con, and all right. If you for for our day one fans that have been listening to this podcast, you know that we we talk so, heavy on like comic book so, movies and up, comic Angel? books, right? So. <laughs> And Curry. And Christina, and who's right here. <laughs> right, and Christina, who's now not listening out who's in not Africa. Listening she's listening now. Yeah, she's like, but, I'm not going to listen to this episode. But, <laughs> but check it, check it, check it, check it. Right? So everyone knows in Comic-Con, Comic-Con is good for comic books, of course, Comic-Con. And like that's in San Diego Comic-Con. That's where they show like the early trailers. Yeah, all the sneak preview for all stuff, the right? For all the movies and sneak preview stuff, yeah. Correct. So they put out, and it wasn't even a trailer. It was more like a... Like a teaser yeah, of a teaser. Yeah, it was... Uh, right, because it's something that they put... What, they, are we they, talking about what I think we're talking yes, about? Yes, yes, of course okay. we are. They, okay. it's, they, they put it together just for Comic-Con. Just for Comic-Con. Just for Comic-Con. So it's not even like the official thing, but it's so awesome for Justice League. Justice oh. League. And you, know, you know what Justice League is? Of course. Well, of course she okay. does it. <laughs> what? She said she did. All right, so who's in Justice League? Give me at least... Okay, that at, I don't have. Me, I know. Give, give I know. me at least... No. No. At least one member. They're all around you. <laughs> at least one member of the Justice League. Okay. What's one see. member? Okay, so we got to start with the ladies first. So Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Okay. All right. And, and then we've got Batman. Batman. You sure and that's Batman? Yes. <laughs> and that's Superman. Superman. And I have no idea who the caveman guy is with the spear. That's Aquaman. And Aquaman. It's, and it's a trident. And a it's trident. a trident. Yeah. Well, if I knew he was underwater, that would have He's the king me. of the I didn't sea. Know that. And then you already said Superman, right? Yep. And that's all. Yeah, that's all we that's have. That's all we have of the Justice right League. Now. I don't okay. have. I don't have the other guys. Okay. I didn't know I was going to be quizzed on Comic Con related. Well, I didn't Marvel know either. I wouldn't have things. done that since you know you yeah. thought Superman came to Earth in a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> she got Superman confused with Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Lois is Mindy. <laughs> Superman is Mork. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Things are coming together. She, she thought he came riding the riding the meteor, right? Like, like a bull in a rodeo. <laughs> That's amazing. But so anyway, so yeah, so Comic Con just ended. We got a bunch of great trailers. We got a trailer for Justice League, which was like Jay said, it was more of a teaser, and really it was just all about showing us the heroes, showing us you know Aquaman, Wonder Woman, 
Batman, The Flash, The Flash. Um, um, awesome, so how, so awesome how many songs. how many times have you seen it? Uh, about ten. Yeah, me about the same. About ten. I'm gonna have to watch it again. I'm gonna have like, to watch well, it again. Well, first of all, wow. we've been talking about after it, the so, podcast. So when we get done, we so gotta Christina. watch it at least three times to show Christina. Well, Christina okay. has to see it. Yeah. Yeah, she at definitely least three needs times. to see it. See, you should have sent me the link beforehand. So no, I no, no, been no. Educated and prepared for this discussion. Uh, forget about yeah. it. <laughs> Give us a reason to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, like for uh, real. see, see. So we had. There's so always we a had, motivation here. So we had Justice League trailer came out, super hyped. The Wonder Woman trailer. The actual, like, an the actual, actual, trailer. actual trailer for Wonder Woman. The outfit's pretty awesome. Yes, <sighs> and that is going to be amazing. It looks so amazing. And I'm in love with Gal Gadot. That's just, I'm going to put it out there. She's one of the. One so, of if my anyone loves. here that's listening I, to the I, podcast I that's somehow connected to Gal Gadot, um, hook get, a brother up. Get her to send me a picture with an autograph. Uh, just just I'll, a hello. I'll be, I'll be thrilled. Hello. It's me. <laughs> You're looking for. <laughs> I listen, I you know, I just uh, I'm just it just makes me angry. Oh Lord um, Jeebus. Shadow wife? Does that make Sh- you shadow wife? We'll shadow just, shadow we'll wife. Just, we'll do like a cutout of it and you can there sing you go. to it. Oh, we can and do, then put it online, yes, it'll go viral and so this could work. So now we have to It could work. It could work. We have to explain what shadow wife is. Now, Christina, so you Christina, have to explain what shadow where wife is. is. Where, does where did that come from? Sha- shadow wife comes from because it, it actually goes back and you have to call some people out. You can go ahead and call Ooh. them out. <laughs> you got to call people oh. out. Because I, honestly, they're probably not going to listen to this anyway. They don't listen to this anyway. And regardless of anything, <laughs> you're going back to Africa. So forget about <laughs> it. You will call somebody else. So go ahead. Explain so, Shadow so Wife. So here's the thing. So I have some friends that are still single ladies. They are waiting on their Boaz, and they've been waiting a while. Oh, wait, are they waiting on their boys or their Boaz? Boaz. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you said, on oh, their Boaz. <laughs> like, real, real country. It's like, that's not even country. It's like, weird. <laughs> no, it's different. It's, what are you drinking? What's in that it water? Is. It's Nashville <laughs> let me, country. Let me it smell is. it. Make sure it's not, you know, oh, some no, no. Un- alcoholic beverage. Uh, no, this is sponsored by Aquafina. No, Thank no. I, Please I, send I, us free water. I, I, I saw, so I, there'll I, be some in the house. I saw her buy it. It's 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 legit. Oh, it's, water. it's legit. It's legit. All right, so and ahead. I haven't prayed over it, so, so it's still you're, water. So, so you're right. <laughs> so you're, so you're Boaz. So you're Boaz. So there are so, so there are some friends waiting for a good godly man. They're doing the right things, and so you know they don't know what they this person that they're gonna meet looks like, and so. I saw online they started kind of this thing of posting like a silhouette photo, like a shadow photo of their potential boo. And that has now turned into like people are starting to pick up on it and post a photo of their potential boo. And so we were talking about that beforehand. Right. And so that's how we started joking about hashtag shadow husbands, hashtag shadow babies, hashtag shadow rings. And it's just gotten out of control <laughs> from shadow there. Wife. So I need to find me then. I need to find me a silhouette of a Latina. I don't think they no, make they um, silhouettes and crazy. They don't make silhouettes and crazy. <laughs> oh, no. They don't like an ink, ink spot. <laughs> <laughs> like a Rorschach drawing. It could be a Rorschach painting. <laughs> To all the Latina ladies listening right now, uh, they apologize. We don't apologize. We're Latino. So we can say that because we know from experience. Yes. I see a butterfly. I see a chocolate. That's, that's how you could determine whether. Uh, right, how crazy or not. Yeah. Crazy. So it's like I see a moth and stay away, right? Stay away, that's death. moths are attracted to the light and they're like. To the flames. Blanging. You don't need to always smacking into the light and the flames, correct. If it's a butterfly. 
then, then I mean, you, if you touch them, they'll been, die. She's been through the process. Like she's out of her cocoon. She's come out of the cocoon and now yeah, so she's strong. Shed some of the crazy. But if you touch them, they die. <laughs> no, they don't. That's a that's a myth. <laughs> that is a myth. You should hey, go to a butterfly house and learn. I don't want to really go to a cool. butterfly house. No, forget yeah. about it. But no, no, no. So shadow so, husbands. So shadow husbands, shadow wives. So so is that a wise? You do you think that's a wise thing to do? Isn't it a bit? He's, isn't he's, it a bit like? Pompous, right, or or, or a bit arrogant. If if you put out a silhouette of like some type of man, right, like strong or muscular or whatever, and you say, "Oh, this is my boo. This is the man that the man that God's gonna have you marry is gonna look like this," right, and then that's what you're looking and waiting for. And I mean, here's my thing: I disciple a lot of young girls that are early in their Christian walk, and okay. so. I'm I'm a big believer. There's actually a phenomenal book by a lady named Emily Ryan, and she talks about singleness, um, and not in the typical kind of girl perspective. Again, y'all aren't ladies, but you know everyone likes to Last talk about Ruth and Esther and people like that. And a lot of married women then write books about being single. And I think as a as a young woman that's just starting their journey. That's not necessarily the story they want to hear, like, from a woman that waited and now they're happily married with four kids. Right. That's not going to help me where I am now. Not saying that some of them don't have some amazing advice, but I found for myself, I needed someone to speak to where I was at, where I was single, looking to seek my purpose and my calling in a full-time capacity. I didn't want someone to say that I wasn't going to live my life until I got married. Right. Definitely am not one of those people, but <clears throat> wanted to learn how to pursue God in a surrendered way while being still single. being single. Right. So yep. you want to so you want to hear from the spinster, not the married woman. <laughs> well, what's really cool in this particular book, Emily Ryan talks about Jeho- Jehovah Fat's daughter, and so she calls her JD in the book. And it's my sister's name. I, I don't know how many people really know the story. Look it up. You can read read the actual. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Yes, please do. <laughs> it was a story I had never read. I had never heard about it. And, I mean, the, the girl doesn't even have a name. She's just referred to her dad's daughter. But what I love about it is, in just to break it down real fast, is in the story, her dad is in the middle of a battle and basically says to God, if you let me win this battle, I'll give you the first thing I see when I get back home. Yes. And so... The first Familiar. thing he sees when he gets back home this is his daughter, is his who, would daughter always, who would always praising with a tambourine. Who would always run to him. Yeah. With that, with that, every time he came back home. And so, what was interesting <laughs> for me when I read that story, first off, was how the daughter had prepared and been praying and even just praising God for the victory before Dad even got home, mm-hmm. which was really cool that she just knew knew to even do that. Right. But that she was so loyal to God and so loyal to the promise her father made that she knew she had to sacrifice everything including the potential of being married because she wanted to honor her father her earthly father as well as her heavenly father and basically says okay dad i'm gonna do what you say i need to do but give me a minute to go hang out with my girlfriends and then i'm coming back and it is what it is and you can read the ending in the bible and so for me it gave me a moment to say let me go find right. Let me go find some girlfriends that are in the same place that can kind of rally around praising God for where we're at today, knowing that we're just surrendering our lives to God. And that was a big deal so, to me. So, do you think that's an issue in the like in the church where you know these girls they're Christian or they come to the Lord 
and while they're in the church instead of being discipled to serve God fully they're being discipled to find a husband it, it's a challenging thing it's a it's a fine line to walk because you now have young women who are going off to college and they're coming out of college and they're having to work to pay off student loans and where it was in the past you maybe went to college to find your husband or better yet be somewhere so your husband found you and you're right. married by the time you leave college that dynamic has changed especially for the next generation yeah and I mean, yeah people aren't getting married now to their first marriages are in like in their 30s correct first I, that's interesting you even said first marriage because there's so many that are having second and thirds right um so i think for me from what I've experienced, because I have some single girlfriends, but since I went to Africa and came back, I've actually had five friends get married, and they're all between 25 and 30. So it's it's in that interesting, or 35, I should say, that 25 to 35 range. And I've watched some of them wait 10 years and do everything right. I've watched some people make some interesting decisions, but watch them continue to surrender to God and honor the Lord in that process. I've watched some of them be discipled by incredible women, you know, that are older than them. And I've watched some people have to figure it all out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, I don't, you know, the funny thing is with the silhouette thing, um, I don't know that it's arrogant <clears throat> so much as, um, honestly, it, um, it's, it smacks a little more of desperation sure. than it does arrogance. Because I think, I don't think that in their minds, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, maybe they, they want that silhouette. But I think they're just kind of more than anything they want just that husband, you know. And that's also very like the whole idea of like getting married and getting married at certain ages. A lot of that is very cultural too. Yes, right. Absolutely. Because you know, in like you know our culture, I'm, I'm glad you use that word. In in the Latino culture, you know, uh, like I'm 40 and I'm not married, and so I'm considered kind of. You know, uh, I'm, I'm old, man. Right? <laughs> it's like I'm considered uh, like a, an anomaly, or a, well, you're an anomaly because you're a single 40 year old Puerto Rican, 40 year old Puerto Rican with no children, no children, and no <laughs> right? and no and no past wives, <laughs> and no past wives. Yeah. So you know, and in Latino culture, and so in Latino churches, you you have more. I think you have more of that pressure to get married sure. younger, That's good. right? Than yeah. you would in a in a white church, I grew up. I grew up in a white church, you know, and I've had experience in Latino cult with the with the option of the culture and the and the church a little bit. In white church, white church, and I say that in parentheses, quotations, air quotes, air quotes. You is, can't you can't see them, but you he's can't doing see them, them. But I'm doing them like like a madman. You know, they tell you it's like pursue God. You know, you know, wait for the person you're going to marry. Sure. You know, and so that's always an interesting dynamic. Because growing up in in the white church, it was it's like well you just got you you got to the, the idea is you wait for who God has for you right mm-hmm. quote unquote it's, it's in the Latino church and too Latino church it is too but they do this hey that man loves God he he loves wow. God you should you know he might might be somebody you should you know hey that girl's a Christian that mm-hmm. girl loves God pushing you so they kind of they kind of they tell you to wait but they kind of they kind of gently try yeah, to yeah. oh look he's he's an evangelist you know, know? try to push but you. but mm-hmm. and then on the other side what I've because I've been in both like the, the the Latino churches and like the quote unquote black churches and in the black church I know that they tell you you gotta you know, like name it and claim it right so you right. gotta ask God specifically. 
for how you want your husband to look, yep. what his credit score is, how much he makes, you know, if he has a good job, comes from a good family. Like, you got to, like, paint God a picture, right? I want him right. to have light skin and green eyes, drive a Benz, you know, have a 700-plus credit score, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the last, the, the bottom of the list, and, and he got to love Jesus, right? He got to love right. Jesus, right? Why, that, like, it's like. It's backwards, it's backwards, which is why I'm asking about this whole silhouette yeah. thing because I, I saw, you know, you showed us some pictures and a lot of the silhouettes, it wasn't just like, you know, it, it was it was real they were specific fine. type. They were fine looking. Like, like specific type fine, men. Fine looking silhouettes. Fine looking silhouettes. Fine you know, looking shadows. Happen, right? Like in a couple of years, the silhouette will get a little pot belly because it'll be like, hey, <laughs> listen, if he's got a pot belly, I'm fine. And then I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Because... God is going to send you who he's going to send you, right? If you believe that. If you believe that. Because I honestly don't believe that, that God's in the matchmaking business. But that's, that's a topic for another podcast. I see. Right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a topic for another podcast. I don't think God's a matchmaker. Just ask Jacob. But, right, the deal is that, you know, if, God's, if, if, if you're looking for a man who's a believer, who will love God above all things and love you as he loves the church, right, as God loves the church, then... He could come in any shape, form, color, whatever, sure. right? right? Instead of, like, just pigeonholing right. to, like, in, right. a specific... In, in theory. Right? <laughs> in theory. I, this, this is my perspective, and this is something I've gotten asked. It should be like a block with the word before. man in the middle. Funny. Well, but, you know, you say that as Jacob, but you can, also, you can also ask Adam. Like, God literally was like, this one's for you. <laughs> Kink. Or ask, Thanks for that bone. Or ask David. <laughs> David just got himself in a whole lot of trouble. We're going to leave David alone. But go ahead, Christina. You'll say something. So, so here's my perspective on this. And I, I am someone that obviously is in ministry, but also in marketplace and have walked that journey of, of doing both. And I fully believe that my job while I'm single is to continue to pursue God wholeheartedly, serve him and serve his kingdom. And so whatever it is that God has for me, I'm going to do. Meanwhile, future husbands out there doing his thing. Ho- and hopefully the same thing. Hopefully the same. <laughs> well, if we're going to be equally yoked, he's going to be doing something incredible if I'm doing something, you know, equally as incredible. So my my belief is God is not going to partner me with someone that together our ministry unified together as we're equally yoked serving him first before we're even a couple it's going to be even greater when we're one. Right. Yes. And I fully believe that. I And I've had to look in that process in the past and say, okay, it's kind of like in, in the worldly sense, when, when a new couple starts dating, they always advise you to go to your closest friends and say, okay, since I started dating this guy, have I become a better person, a worse person, or am I the same person? And that's a really good gauge, especially for anyone just listening. They do that with they, relationships. I've, ne- I've never, never done that. You've never heard that. Never heard of that. I've never okay. heard of that. Well, maybe that's a girl thing. Yeah, but be. but that's a good piece of relationship advice, and that goes for you know dating <laughs> relationships, but also just people in your life. If mm-hmm. you've met someone new, and like you know how you sometimes have those friends that maybe backslide, like someone came into their life and suddenly they just changed. Right. That's a good. That's a good sign. Okay, maybe that person that's now in in your sphere of influence is affecting you in some way, and you need to have that in perspective. So when I think right. of it in the marriage dynamic, I know that 
I'm serving God in the way that I am. They're going to serve God in the way that they are. Our two whole selves are going to come together, be one, and we're going to serve God in an even greater way. It's going to amplify our work in the kingdom and create impact yeah, globally. And it, and it I should, mean, that's and my it should compliment, I would think, right? You know, yeah, sure. it should. You know, you don't want, I would, you know, if you're both do the same thing, I think that that might potentially kind of be. It depends. It depends on I mean, the call. Yeah, yeah it, 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 and it I mean, depends on. It, it also depends sense, on right, in a very general sense on on, on, on how the hard, person on how hard headed the woman is. So I mean, <laughs> you, got, you got kind of all these different things. You know? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to comment about that after the podcast is finished. <laughs> <laughs> I will be recording it on my phone. <laughs> That'll be the bonus. <laughs> the bo- overflow, overflow podcast bonus. Bonus. <laughs> bonus no, scene. that's overflow uncut. That's what uh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Only available on a Facebook Live. Oh, oh yikes! <laughs> Dang! But um, anyway, no, it's it's um we kind of we kind of we we kind we kind of like curved out, but like I was I was no, really I was but, really interested in in but you know the fact feedback well yeah but the fact that it's something that is spreading like right because that's that's one of those things that becomes viral like yeah super, and then it becomes a movement super, super quick and it becomes a movement and then all and I'm then, saying is I need then, to get ahead of that movement and, I need. And, <laughs> I need to work on and that and that's that the thing, right? Because we had this conversation about like what we, how we as believers, well, Christina and I had this conversation, how we as believers should respond and react to things of this world, trends well, that's good. Yeah. or, you know, other things or like, should we go with the flow of the trends and the things of this world? Or should we realize that, you know, we are set apart? Correct. Right. But that's. Also, something. I heard an incredible quote the other day um, in regards to. I'm going to just be that girl and I'm going to pull it up right now because that's what social media is all about. There is an amazing um, Facebook. That's what it's all about. In my head, it is something else. Getting access to inspiration (laughs) and things. Okay, where is it? Let me get it. She's she's like so that girl. She probably quoted the quote herself, and she just forgot (laughs) what it was. No, it's right here. Um, There is something wonderfully sacred that happens when a girl chooses to realize that being set aside is actually God's call for her to be set apart, and that is so specific when you start you start talking about marriage and women waiting for their man. To just pull it back into the whole jokingly shadow husbands thing, shadow right. wives, that there's a difference between being of the world and living in the world. And so women that are serving God wholeheartedly need to recognize that sometimes we're being set aside. Or let me rephrase that. We feel set a ho- set aside. We're we can misunderstand it as rejection and isolation. But it's actually God protecting us and setting us aside for the right person. Well, setting I, us apart, I, I, rather. I think I'm switching it. Setting it apart. Yeah, I, set I apart. think I think that um that, that goes beyond like women. It's women or men. Absolutely. That can that right. can but feel it, that way you and know go what, through though, that. But in this, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, let, let's just be let's just be let's just be real. And when Joaquin gets real. And things go wrong. So I'm about to really probably upset a lot of people and I don't care. Because here's the deal. <laughs> Here's here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. The thing I've I've noticed in my sure. church life growing up, and that's a great and that's a great idea, Christina, because the idea of girls think, thinking to themselves, you know, I, I God has set me apart for great things. I am set apart not because um, I'm unwanted, but because God's got great things for me. Because you know, the one thing the one thing uh, I I've noticed is that what girls tend to do is. They, they want to do great things for God, 
But then to bring in what you guys were talking about, the world stuff, you see them and, and God bringing in the right people. You see them dating non-Christians. Cool. You see them dating uh, even even guys that are, they, they, they quote unquote come to church. I mean, me and Jeff have joked about this, right? Yeah, this guy comes in, comes in on Sunday and you can tell that he's barely holding on because he was out Friday and Saturday <laughs> doing all kinds of dirt. Right, getting drunk, doing drugs, what, whatever his whatever thing, it is, whatever, whatever his thing, thing is, yeah. uh, and then he shows up. Is oh, but look, he comes to he comes to church. So he's he, because he comes to church. He's a Christian. Oh, I I actually right? had a girl when I was youth pastoring in um, in Gwinnett here in Atlanta. I actually had one of one of the young girls tell me, well, you know, what, what, whatever brings them to the Lord. And I'm like, where in the Bible did you find that? Now, listen, that, now that, <laughs> listen, I knew I got into it with a kid one time, and he was like. He was like, well, that's, you know, why is it wrong? I'm, I'm witnessing to her. I'm like, really? Are you really? So when you guys are sitting at McDonald's eating your cheeseburger, you're telling her about the Lord. And he got kind of quiet. I said, you see, you're a liar. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you have no interest. Wow. You called it out. That's truth, though. You have Someone no, has you to have, speak that truth. You have no interest. So then what we see is, to kind of finish my thought, so then what we see is, is when we see a lot of these young girls uh, in the church getting pregnant, you know, all these different things happening. Why? Be- is it because they're, it's because, not because they're with the Christian dude that's respecting them. It's because they don't, they don't have that mentality that they've been, that they're set apart by God. No, well, they're not, that's a church issue. You know, or, they haven't been, being or they haven't been taught, taught that. that or discipled in that fashion. And so, and so then you see, you know, so then you, you go, well, why are, why are these girls? And then now let's flip it. Why are these girls and these guys? Why they falling away from the church? Because they don't have we don't we don't teach that mentality, mm-hmm. and and especially especially with the girls. I mean, let's just keep it real here. The girls girls are not really taught that, you know. And so you see, you know, there has to be something wrong with you if you're late twenties, early thirties, and you're single. That's what you're told. Like, yes. what are yes. you doing wrong? I mean, every time yes. I come home. I love my family, but every time I come home and see aunties and uncles and people like that, the first question is not, how are you? What are you doing? But so are you seeing anyone? Right. And as a woman, when you deal with 15 years of that conversation, driving your discussions with your, your family, you, you can easily fall into believing the lie that you are not worthy of a good man and you will settle for right. for just anyone oh, he, to fix that answer he only drinks like 10 beers a day uh, he, he only wow. he's fine he, he only smacks me around when he's he drunk only, yeah he only hits me when 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 i'm drunk wait a minute no 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 no. he only hits me when no he but drunk. but but bringing it back to like to to to, to, to teenage girls or to young girls mm-hmm. the trend that i've seen especially through social media is all these girls with the memes of like, uh, all I need is someone to love me for me. Or I'm just looking for a man that'll like, they have like this over-romanticized sense right, uh, of oh, what wait. love is. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Listen, listen, this is important because it's, 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 it's hitting home. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. All girls. <laughs> right? Yeah, even older girls. Older right? girls. Right? And, and they'll put up all these quotes and all these things. And, and But I'm talking about specifically like Christian girls or, or girls that go to church and are believers. Right, and they'll put all these things rather, right, and, and even one. I said, "Hey, I really wish that you would like seek God as much as you're trying to seek love out of some little snot-nosed kid, right? Because you're 14 years old. You're 14 years old. That's How about too. seeking God 
and putting up means about how much you desire and love to know more of God so that then when God sees you're ready, that, he, that you're prepared and you're mentally prepared and spiritually prepared, then when a guy comes around, you, you're prepared to be married and, and, and do things to glorify God rather than just trying to seek this right. like romanticized version of love that you get from TV shows and movies and like these stupid books. See, but what you just said is so good. If, if I think about my generation and even just all of us, that we grew up watching Disney movies. And as women, we have been fed the Disney storybook version of what love should look like. And, and the church has not painted a different version of that picture. Right. So right. we're living under a perspective of, you know, Prince Charming is going to come. You know, my grandmother said to me my entire life, I can't wait for your Prince Charming to arrive on a horse. On a white horse. Yeah, and that was what she's always wanted well, that's for because me. because that's all grandma knows. She didn't have cars. She had a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so for her, it was literally a guy on a horse. <laughs> a, gra- a grandma in Poland, okay. right? It was definitely <laughs> a guy on a horse. Guy a horse. <laughs> well, I, I know she's up in heaven now advocating to find me someone, not on a horse, not but just on, in general. So Prince Charming. But, but when we put it under that perspective of what has been said to us and we start to actually look at what is the root here is that women in the church don't necessarily trust god to write their love story and so we're trying to write it ourselves right no you're oh. right and you're yes no, that that's tweetable you're right you're right and, and that's the thing you go from you go from disney to the to romantic i think romantic comedies there you go that's have, good too. have done probably more damage because disney you understand it's a fairy tale. No. I think so. To, to, but I think romantic comedies have probably done more damage because you're talking now about girls that are in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and some in their 50s that, that want that guy that, you know, oh, he'll see me for, he'll at the end he'll figure out who I am and he's going to come and he's going to run through the crowd and he's going to be like, I love you, you know, and. And 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 that's what <laughs> they're looking for a John Cusack. That, well, John Cusack. Uh, no, I'm Bradley talking about Cooper. say anything. Oh, they say anything. Want, yeah, they want John Cusack, see, all romantic, holding I'm the holding the boombox. That's what Christina wants. <laughs> holding like, the boombox. So I think you know. So I, no, I I agree. Even though it is kind of awesome, though. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's a great proposal it, it, idea it de- for the right it person. Depend, for the right person. <laughs> for the right but, person. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but that's the thing. And so then, so then you have, so you have that kind of women have that kind of that idealized standard of what this rom- romance whatever should be and so then you have guys right who at some point guys realize that they cannot meet that standard which is why i despise the movie the notebook right i've never seen it i haven't either and i refuse to watch guys. it i am boycotting the notebook and my friends are determined to get me to watch it i, despise I cannot despise the many movie women. the notebook because of that because of that because they elevate like this false romanticism right. to such an extent that no man will ever right, so, be worthy, right, so, could so, ever do the things that the right, man so women, in that movie has done. Yeah, so women hold this, like think of all the romantic comedies, all those romantic movies, and then this is the standard that has been set for guys that guys can't reach. So what do they do? They give up. Mm. You know, even even you know, you know, even in society, when you're talking about, you know, the social sciences and they study talking about guys are just giving up on marriage. Because, you know, women, either women have set this crazy standard that guys have realized they can't meet or women have just 
gunk, you know, where they're just kind of like, I don't need no man, and I don't need you, and I don't need... It's, it's, it's one and, extreme or yeah, the other. Yeah, so then guys are like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home, stay home and play my video games because, you know, these chicks be crazy. You know, I can't, I can't meet those standards. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, went through, I, I went through that, and it's... And it's <laughs> And it's freaking, yes, and it's yes, freaking, did. and it's freaking. We hard. need to sign you up for Pokey dates. <laughs> I don't play Pokemon. I refuse. And you know that's no because <laughs> because ultimately it end up being weird. Not necessarily. You can meet your it, no, your love connection. No, because it'll be like this video I you show. You can catch Jay. them all together. It'll be like this video I show for Jay, life. where where this guy sees this blonde long flowing blonde hair. And he knocks on the window, and he show and he shows that he shows like, hey, look, I'm playing Pokemon too, and the and then the person the, turns the, around, the person and, turns it's a around guy. and it's a dude with a beard, and the guy's like, ah, and he runs away. <laughs> oh my god, it's a guy. He runs away. <laughs> okay, maybe not Poke dates. No, for no okay. Poke dates. <laughs> but anyway, 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 you know what? But um, anyway, so so that so listen, you know. This is two for one tonight. Yeah, man. Yo, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think, like Christina said, I think it's the best thing. It's like, you know what? Find, seek, and find your purpose in God. Let that let that be your thing. Let that seek, be your light. Yeah. Seek and find your purpose in God. Yeah. And then just chill. You know, and because I think when, when you do that, what's going to happen is you're going to attract, right? You're going to attract the right the right persons. Yeah, the, the 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 spirit will be a witness to the spirit. The thing, the funny thing that I just it just hit me now is that more people, women, are inclined to say, "Well, I don't want to be in a relationship right now. I don't want to be. I don't want to have a boyfriend or or a husband or whatever now because I want to focus on my career, right? And my career goals. You know, I want to make sure that I get to where I want to get to in my career." But they don't say the same thing. Like, you know, well, I don't want to focus on a relationship right now because I really want to get to the level that God needs me to be in by this age. I really want to seek God more. Yeah. This until I'm 25, I just want to like fully envelop myself <laughs> with the Holy Spirit and then let something happen, right? So it's yeah. you know, sure. focus on your career, but don't focus on your spiritual yeah, life. Just just don't say that to the poor guy that comes and says, "Hey, would you like to go out for a cup, cup of coffee?" And you go, "I'm just really focusing on God right now." And then next week, go on a date with another dude. That's really not cool. And I'm not saying I speak from experience. Yeah, I was going to say that. That sounded like a, a little real talk. That like a personal yeah, burn, yeah. right? Well, awkward silence. I'm just saying. Hey, no. But, you know, and I say that jokingly, but, but there is truth in that. And, like, you know, pursue God. Just pursue God genuinely. But on the same note. To flip it over, right? Let's not put all the responsibility on these girls. No. Like, the church needs to be proactive and offering a discipleship, offering some type of mentorship, you know, like to, to, to the girls, the teenagers, the young women in their church to, to, to help with this, with this walk. Because, right. you know, Jesus said that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when you're at that age, it's, it's, it's even harder. Right? Right. It's even a little more difficult. They should, there should be something established in churches where both boys and girls, guys and girls, can like connect with someone that, that can help them walk through that. Right. I really yeah. loved, um, in, in one of the churches in South Africa, they just launched a young adults 
ministry. And normally I'm not like a super big fan of any form of singles ministry unless it's done well. Because it's, it's mainly a hookup night. Well, it can be, or it's yeah, the exact sometimes. opposite yeah, swing. It's the opposite. What yeah. I liked about it is they cast My experience it, is the opposite. <laughs> they casted a clear vision. They made childcare available for anyone that maybe had a child out of wedlock. So it didn't disclude those people. Right. Um, it included <clears throat> married couples. So it gave those single people the community and opportunity that if they've never been around young married people to do life with, they could see what that looks like. But then also the single people were there. And it was, it was for me, it was nice to see senior leadership at a church actually be sensitive and listen to what the singles are saying they wanted instead of just pick a conference with a topic and get people in for, you know, 48 hours and pour. And I think it's great to do a conference, but being single is more than a once a year experience. We right. need to be poured right. into more than just that. And we need accountability. We need community. We need consistency in our conversations about our walk and our journey. And we also need tools and resources. Yes. So provide us those those missions trip opportunities. Provide you us, know, like we used to joke about that on uh, our missions trips. There is like a long list of people that met on a missions trip and are getting married now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I the, love it. Yeah, the thing is, is that, and it was funny because I was, I had this conversation about a year ago with somebody else. And it's like, the thing is, is that churches, when it comes to single people, churches just don't know what to do with them. Right. You know, they do the, well, and it's like, you realize that the single people is probably your greatest resource because they're the ones with the m most time <laughs> to be able to do things, to be able to do things for the church, for like for the, for the body. And yeah, like, like Christina said, yeah, you know, the church, yeah, it needs to have all the, the whatever the program is, whatever that vision is to, to get, to get people, uh, you know, to get single people growing and connected with God and growing in God. But you know what? Even getting them connected into the church because <coughs> churches have youth stuff. You have married stuff. You have kids stuff. You have kids stuff. And, you know, even honestly, even at the church I go to now, there's, you know, they have a, they have a young adult group, which is. 25 to 35 there you go and then now from 35 on up any single people from 35 on up there's nothing you can just join a regular group so you know i go to i go to a small group i love my small group i love the people in my small group but they're all married they're all married with kids wow you know so that's hard so sometimes so that yeah so like i have connections and it's a good i love kids so that makes it easier for me because you know i play with the kids but uh, sometimes when they talk about things, I zone out, honestly, because I'm just like, I got, no, I got nothing, to, nothing to add here. So I'm just going to go into my brain and go off no, into the hinterlands. That's a very valid point about pastors and leadership being sensitive, again, to the needs of its congregation. As, and as what were the young adults grow older and as the medium marriage age gets higher – Churches are going to have to adapt if they want to attract those people because the reality uh, is that people in their 30s and 40s and 50s that are still single or even divorced, they need divorce care. Maybe they're no. widowed if it's a fluke situation. These people have disposable income to be involved in the church at the end of the day. Right. You know, and, and if... If that's the business part of the church, looking at it from that standpoint, who are we looking to attract? Who has who has time, talent, and treasure to build the kingdom? Those are the people. 
And so the church is going to have to be sensitive to that if they want to adapt with those times and be able to serve those communities effectively. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Hey, you know, it's we, funny because I, I was having... <laughs> Man, we completely have just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with my mom. That's all right. 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 That's right. We'll, we'll, come, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. I was talking to my mom this morning, and oh. she said that maybe that what she feels is a big um, disconnect is between the older women, mm. right, that have lived through life and they have like, gone through certain experiences, and then the younger women... Like the the younger women do not see the older women of, of the church as a resource, right? To connect to, and, and, and glean off their wisdom, glean off their experiences, pray together with, right? Like they don't see them; they just like, oh, they're old, they don't know nothing, and whatever, right. and they keep it moving rather than like doing something where they can connect and all, all, so almost like a like a mentoring type thing. Yeah, the only the only issue there that I've and you know, I've noticed this growing up in the church is that a lot of times though the older women don't really because this happens with older men too right that of mentors the idea of mentorship they don't really um they're like i don't understand you because you're young and you're different than yeah and, and vice in, versa you know and so it's like so what but i'm saying though is that what's interesting is that what i've always noticed is that young people um if the older person will op- opens himself up and says hey i don't i just want to know you the young the young person will just whoosh, We'll, yeah. we'll just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come in, we'll come in into that. Um, but, but if the old person's like, well, I don't understand you and your culture's weird. And in my day, back in my day, then the young person, you know, because see that that's the thing, the onus on that, as far as I'm concerned, it's on the older person. You guys are the leaders the older people tend to be the leaders of the church. It's on them to be. say, you know, it's on them to, to say, look. I want to pour. I want to pour into young people. I want to pour into you, because kids. Listen, I, I knew of a, I knew of a youth pastor that was sixty years old, a sixty year old youth pastor, and kids loved him. Why? It was it you know because it's not about the age, right? It's because they knew that this dude, like, cared, cared. for them. Mm-hmm. Well, with this day and age of how many people have mommy and daddy wounds. I think it's so important for us to look up to the men and women, the mothers and the fathers of the house, because they may not have that in their household. Yes. And so that's where the church can really stand in the gap, not just spiritually, but also physically and say, hey, young, beautiful girl that's dressing inappropriately that doesn't have a mom or maybe the mom didn't teach them that's not how you dress you're trying to attract attention or a husband but actually let us teach you how your you know your identity in Christ and how you're valued and this is how you can actually dress and i think those conversations and those dialogues could happen if the maybe the the inadvertent barriers are removed yes. but if we're only segregated in our you kind know, of age groups. Yeah, our age yeah, groups. Then right? there's, you know, on a Sunday service, when do I get to talk to, we used to call them Titus Two women in the one church that I was at. I loved these women. They wore the white hats and they sat in the front and they were the praying mamas and the intercessors. And I, maybe I'm a, a different type of person, but I've always loved speaking to people that are older than me. So I would go over to friends' houses and I'd like to talk to their mom or talk to like grandmothers and things like that. So even when I was in South Africa, I really took time to talk to those older than me because I wanted to understand, 
you know, what they experienced 30 years ago in the nation, Mm -hmm. as well as the young generation's perspective and understand the vast differences instead of just what is it like to be 30 in in South Africa? Right. Yeah, well, that's Big different. Difference. There's, there's a, there's a Big lot of, difference from a lot 30 of, to 60. Right, a lot of history there. And yeah. how to pray. I mean, if you really want to grow as a Christian, sit down with a praying mama, man or woman. You know, well, a, sit a, a down. Man, a man can be a praying mama. He could be a praying dad. But I'm saying, but <laughs> a bra- praying, praying papa. <laughs> praying praying papa. papa. But I'm just saying, sit down with a father of the house, sit down with a mother of the house, and. And talk to them about their walk with God and learn and glean from them. This is a great generation that has gone through so much. And I mean, imagine like, okay, we're the age that we are now. Imagine if we, 30 more years of prayer and relationship with Christ. Wouldn't you want to sit down with, you know, no, I'm, the I'm, person that's your age now? I'm going to be, no, I'm going to be that grumpy old guy. I, mean, I don't understand you people. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Leave me alone. I think, I think finally I'll be able I'll be okay with people calling me Pastor J. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Call me whatever you want. Call me Pastor J. I've been retired for thirty years. <laughs> How much time do we have? All right, so we're uh we're pretty good. We got about uh eleven minutes. Eleven, 11 minutes. Eleven, twelve minutes. Wow. wow. So, so this time was supposed to be spent on asking you about uh, you know Africa. your mission trip in South Africa. So um but you know what uh as things happen, I think is actually a really good conversation, so we'll go with it. But give us, give us kind of, um, like just kind of that. And you know what? If we go over, we go over. I mean, we're, we're not bound by anyone. No, we're bound. Um, by angel, angel. No, no, we don't no. Care about you. No, no, we're bound. No, um, by order. <laughs> so go ahead and, and and give us this by order. I don't, I don't get the joke. Just continue. Go ahead, you guys. This just, inside joke stuff. No, no, just cool. go ahead. Just go ahead. So go ahead and give us like that ten minute uh synopsis. What it is that you do in sure. Africa. Sure. And and where in Africa? So first off, I think it's it's important to just maybe tell a little bit of my story. Okay. So I know we're like way into the the, the podcast, but I think it's important um to just share who I am. So I'm a 32-year-old woman who grew up in Michigan and grew up in, you know, suburban white girl, since you can't see me since it's a podcast, and grew up Catholic. So I knew of God, but didn't have a relationship with God. And so it wasn't until I went into college and kind of had, if you will, I'm not going to say an identity crisis, but had a crisis moment. And I remember friends in college telling me about God and inviting me to church. I moved from Michigan down to Tennessee. So I was in the South, the Bible belt. I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) I didn't understand that like people were trying to, it was almost like a competition to take the new girl to the church that was unsaved. I didn't know that, but it was genuinely going on in hindsight. I see that. And um, this very sweet girl who had pure heart and intentions was telling me about God. I had gone through this horrible crisis moment. I'd been crying a lot. I remember it was Thanksgiving break and I messaged her on AOL Instant Messenger. You guys remember wow. that? Original yeah. social media right there before For MySpace. Real. And um, said, how do I know this God MySpace. that you're talking about? How do I have a real relationship with Christ? And she actually led me in the prayer of salvation through the internet. Oh, nice. And so for me, that led to... Um, I didn't have a discipleship process then. I never plugged into a church or a community, hence why I was talking about community before and someone walking with you, because I think it would have saved me probably seven years of a interesting testimony. <laughs> a lot of things I learned. 
Um, but I had a moment after I finished college, graduating with a music business degree, working in uh, restaurants and doing live music promotion and, and I used to work in rap quite a bit and not the Christian kind for a period of time. I worked in R&B, I worked with country, I worked with rock. I mean, I worked with quite a few artists if they were good and I felt they were doing something great, had a good message, I worked with them. And I came out of university, out of college and really still was struggling. And I, I remember just not feeling valued. And so I actually had a moment where I said, okay, God, like, if we're going to really do this, let's do this. I plugged into a church finally. I joined a church, and everything changed for me. From that point on, and that was, gosh, how many years ago now? Nine years ago. And it wasn't, though, until about three years ago when I went from the first church I plugged into where I learned all my foundational things, just understanding Christ, understanding Holy Spirit, understanding gifts and purpose and, and calling you know, how to pray, right. like they had the praying mamas, I loved them. The intercession mom. used to terrify me because I didn't understand what the intercession was before service when the lady was like praying really loudly at the front. I didn't understand any of these things. So I understood it later and um, from there went to another church which was mission-minded and they were all about reaching a city to touch the world. So I went there and I went through a period where I was having trouble with my business. I owned my own business, I still have it. It's called Sheer Goodness. It's a digital branding agency where I'm a social media evangelist and a brand smith. And I just help people build their brand, define their goals, create action plans, that kind of thing. Just shine light on what, what they're doing really, really well. And while I was in that kind of journey, I lost a $16,000 client one day and was devastated and had no idea what I was gonna do because I couldn't afford rent. I was like, okay, what's going on, God? Like, I know you're in control. Cause that same day I actually got gifted a $3,000 ticket to a conference I had wanted to go to about faith and business. So okay. I lose a $16,000 contract, I gain a $3,000 ticket. You really, need, you really need to build that faith for your business. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, all right, what are you up to? And I remember I said to a friend of mine, because I had started doing a 6 a.m. prayer meeting and praying and fasting, which had never been a part of my lifestyle before. She looked at me and she goes, you do know you're called to do missions, right? And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> There's no way. I've nope. never been anywhere other than Canada. Yeah, Jay. Have you ever had that experience? <laughs> yeah. Called to do missions? No. Not called to do missions. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor Jay. Yeah, right, exactly. And Shut so, up. I'm eating a cookie. <laughs> We're going to just let that go. Yeah, yeah get, we're going to let him have let him. have your comfort cookie. Mm -hmm. So from there, went and went on a mission trip to Lima, Peru. Did a 10-day trip. And the missions organization called 10 Days Mission says, 10 days to change your life, to change your church, to change your world. And it truly did for me. I remember coming back. I shared this with Jay earlier today. I remember coming back and pleading with God, Lord, I want the experience I had in Lima, Peru for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to go to another nation dun, dun, dun. <laughs> to experience you in this way, be used this way, serve people in this way. I watched so many people come to know the Lord. We just loved on people. It was an incredible experience. And yeah, little did I know that was a destiny day for me. And I started working at a church. I spent 15 months serving a church full-time full doing communications. And during that time, I felt led to go to Cape Town, South Africa and went for 10 days. 
I remember the plane landing in Cape Town. I'm like delusional after a 32 hour flight and feeling like, you know, when you leave your home city and you go somewhere else and then you fly back, you like feel you like, this is my home. You see your skyline, you get that peace. Right. I felt that when I landed in Cape Town and I'm going, man, I know it's been a long flight, but I know this feeling. I remember when I moved from Michigan to Nashville and one felt like home. Right. And so I'm going, all right, this is going to be an interesting 10 days. That's pretty, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And so, and I have all this journaled out. So thank God I can, you know, I was able to go back to it. So for anyone listening that goes on a mission trip, please journal because you're going to need those revelations later. So for me, I went on that trip. I came back. I connected with the church there, the pastors there. And seven months later, an opportunity presented itself to go back and serve in a full-time capacity. And so I just got back from 18 months there. Yeah. Okay. So now when you say, what do you, what do you do exactly? Like when you say you serve in a full-time capacity, you do? So I am. Well, wait, before that, before sure. that, pause. Hold on. Because I remember the phone call before you left, right? I remember how when you called me asking for prayer and you know whatever wisdom because you're one of my trusted people which that'll is tell me if like, i it's not which I did, in I, alignment with the lord i didn't know until that phone call right where i was at first pastor jay oh my god well Ooh, get, get, get <laughs> receive it. at first that like when you first told me i don't know if you remember this like i was against it like, yeah, oh. I, I didn't know that, like, I didn't remember that moment until I re-listened to the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. But for me, this is what the Lord reminded me. That's why it's so important you get the word from the Lord first before you go to anyone else about anything in your mm-hmm. life. So I was coming to you to check what I had already heard from the Holy Spirit. And so I went to only a, there was really a small inner circle. I had the word of the Lord and I just wanted to make sure before I moved in it. That's interesting because I remember because it was weird for me. This is the first time I've ever experienced something like that where at first I was like, nope, nope, nope. It's not right. It's not God. It's not. And then as soon as I said, it's not God, like the Holy Spirit, like checked me. Like gut checked me. It's like, "Uh, (laughs) you're being emotional. This is me. Let her go. Like, like, for real. Like, I, I remember I remember. I was outside. Like, I got to go outside because I was at work. Because I got to go outside because I'm going to get I'm going to yell. <laughs> like, so, like, so you were Elsa before Elsa was Elsa. Yeah, I had to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I remember going outside and like stopping and I and apologize. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I feel from God that you have to go over there. Yeah. And there are other things that we don't need to talk about. Sure. But like it was it's and I'm sure you probably heard it. From a lot of other people close to you because... The same way. That's what's crazy. Ah, that's bananas. But you know what? It's... No, that's the Holy Spirit. I just just experienced the flip side of that. So this is what's so interesting is... So you go as a missionary. You go and serve. So to answer your question, I helped oversee communications for our churches there. We have 11 churches in the Cape Town, Western Cape, if you will, region um, in South Africa. What's the church organization? So it's called His People Church. And it's a part of every nation 
which is a global organization. We, we're in 73 nations globally, and we're actually preparing for a world conference in Cape Town, South Africa for 5,000 people. They come together every three years. Wow. So I was helping do communications for conference, communications for the local organization of the churches, and I was also helping build our alumni program because we didn't have one. We have over 10,000 graduates, and so we've sown seed into these incredible men and women that are now in marketplace and also in ministry all over the world and they really wanted to ignite the fire again right and and there were a handful of goals well, i don't want to share what, all that what, but yeah okay what do you mean by marketplace i mean so i know what you mean but you i, I it's it's so good. amazing that you, i mean you need to share it to our, for our listeners our, our six listeners so, so they can, they can know what to do. More than six. The Lord is amplifying your reach in Jesus' name. So Amen. it's one of those things Word. where a lot of people in the missionary context talk about the 1040 window, which is, uh, if you think of the equator, 10 degrees above, 40 degrees below. And that is the core number of the unreached people group right. in the world right now. And so I think that's great. And, yes, there's X number of day-to-day, full-time missionaries that can go out and serve those communities as things get more hectic in this world honestly left less people are going to probably answer that call mm-hmm. to go there unless Correct. they're really serious let's be honest because right. things unless. are happening to christians yeah, in those places Yeah, because that that ten, i mean to put you know so if, if people are like 10 40, what's the, that's mostly the middle east area yes. of of in the northern world like, africa yeah. you know where it's where it's uh, mostly like 98 percent you know muslim is where you're sending is where you're Correct. sending these missionaries. So I think so. The marketplace is. So here's the flip side. I know what it is. There's a there's. <laughs> I'm a smart dude. There's an incredible author. Everyone should check him out. His name is Oz Hillman. He has a book called The Nine to Five Window. And so just like the 1040 window, the nine to five window is exactly what you think it is. It's 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So many of us work, hopefully everyone listening works in yes. some capacity. I mean, we've got to work so we can pay bills and live. And <laughs> So you could pay your phone bill after playing Pokemon Go all day. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever motivates you, right, to work. So as you're working, if you can just take a moment to not think of the missionary concept in the maybe the original way that you thought about it or that most people teach it in the church dynamic of going forth into the nations and making disciples, the, the reality is every single one of us have access to the missions field right where we are at if we would just have a missional mindset. And I talk about it in uh, the book that I put out, Missionary on the Go, and I've taught it in my online Bible studies. I love asking people to just look almost like kind of do a fresh start. So even for both of you guys and anyone listening, when you get up tomorrow and you go to your job, I want you to to imagine that you are getting off a plane and arriving there and what it would be like. You're in a new culture. Think about the language. Think about the food. Think about the needs of the people there. Maybe you need to stop for a minute and greet the person at the front door. Maybe you need to stop at the, you know, you're at the coffee machine and you're passing by that coworker you see every day and you discern they're not smiling today, but they normally are. Or maybe you see someone with disheveled clothes and you're like, man, that guy Joe over there, he always, he's, he's always got the press suit when he comes into work. What's going on? And so you realize suddenly there are all these people around you that have needs and they need to be helped. And we can truly be the hands and feet of Christ between the hours of nine to five. Of course, yeah. after and before. And that aligns with what you explained last week, right? About yes. 
the Great Commission of you know, oh, Judea, Judea, Samaria, Samaria or Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Judea. Judea and all Samaria. We always mix it up, right? Jerusalem, Judea, so say, Samaria. Do that again. Do that again. Explain that again, do how that. that is. So, all right. So when, when uh, you know, Scripture talks about going out, right? So you have Jerusalem, which is where you live, where you work. You know, your neighborhood, your job place, you know, your city. Right? Correct. Right. Then you have Judea, right? Right? Because mm-hmm. I'm always flipping them. You have Judea, which if you think about Judea, Judea is outside of your city, outside of your area. So it could be the rest of your state, right? Kind of could kind of be an idea. So here in Atlanta, we have 285, right? Is is the loop that surrounds the perimeter. The perimeter that surrounds Atlanta. So think about Jerusalem is right inside that loop, right inside. That's 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 your Jerusalem. Okay. That's where you work, live, and play. Now, uh, Judea then is everything outside. Outside the perimeter, OTP, outside the perimeter, outside that <laughs> loop. So you leave Atlanta and you go out, you go into the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. Which is our example. Um, and that's where you do ministry. So that's where you maybe you send someone else out there to start a church. And that's who you support. Or at your job, you get a job, you're outside that, outside the loop. So that's where you go work. And then you have Samaria. Samaria is just everywhere else. It's just, you know, uh, all the way through to California, flip it all the way around the world and come <laughs> right right back and so we tend to think uh we, we tend to get taught in the church a lot of times hey go to samaria go to samaria go to samaria go to samaria yeah. go it, out there if, if it's not out in samaria it's not real then missions then you're not really doing missions um when we need to think uh we need to think we need to bring it back to what scripture says right how scripture kind of outlined it and it's start where you are, like she was saying that marketplace, that marketplace idea, right? I mean, and there's ministries. There's, there's, I know the Southern Baptists for a long time had a ministry where they would send people, uh, and they would help them get jobs in another city, and then those people would they would help them live in an apartment, get an apartment, and their their job was to start a Bible study in their apartment. That's great. That's dope, right? So, the, so it. the idea was you're you're doing the ministry literally where you live mm-hmm. you know and so it's that idea jerusalem where you live jerusalem and then you you that's spread good. it out yeah, yeah, so that's really good and it's not that there's anything wrong if you know if you feel in your heart that god has called you to samaria but it's not just samaria right okay. it's not just because i remember i had this discussion with this big pastor no names no affiliations or nothing but like like he got mad at me right because he his church just got an award for like giving over a million dollars to the mission field in India. Right. And I, and, and it was, I, I swear to you. And it was a sincere question that I asked him and it just pissed him off. Right. It's just like, it really pissed him off. Like, and I, and I told him, well, you know, driving to your church, giant church in, in South Georgia, driving to your church, I saw like a lot of poverty surrounding the church, just surrounding the church. I mean, it's awesome. You got this award for over a million dollars in India, but does your church do anything for the houses that are dilapidated around you and the kids going hungry right here around this church? I mean, because it's it's kind of rough for me to drive through these neighborhoods knowing that there's hunger and there's a need, and then to get to this giant church to see you get an award for sending a million dollars to to India. When over a million dollars in India, where like five thousand of that could have fed this neighborhood, right? And so, right. And so, right. And so the idea then is, um, 
and it and and we'll use Christina kind of as that example. You know, Christ, because here's the thing: God God calls us to Samaria, right? God calls some of us to Samaria. He calls some of us to uh, uh, Judea. So you know, He might call somebody to to start a church in New York City or to start a church in you know Alabama, Montana, whatever. Um, and then He calls some of us just to be where we're at. So like Christina, but here, here's how I think it works. This is my interpretation. Christina, you know, God had to call the missions for Christina. But she wasn't able to realize that call because, or, or she was able to realize that call because she didn't start in Samaria. She started in Jerusalem. Yes. She started where she was That's at. Good. Right. So Christina was like, you know, she's like, well, you know, I, I, things happen and I got involved and I was involved in my local church and I was helping, Heavily you know, yep. you know, I was helping, uh, Christian artists or whatever. I was doing all these different things, helping, helping my right where I'm at so that people could connect with God and connect with their calling and connect with whatever else God had for them. Yes. In that, and I'm a witness to that, right in that Christina had some opportunities to go out into Judea and to kind of taste, you know, Peru was her Judea. She was able to, she went, she, she went to Peru and in Peru got, that's where God, really impressed upon her that, hey, I just don't want you to come to Judea. I want you to go to Samaria. Mm -hmm. And then when she came back, she was still plugged into Jerusalem. But in that, God worked it. And then what happens? You're off in South Africa. Yeah. You're in your Samaria. But it was a process. So you went from the inside out. And a lot of times we, want to, we, we think, I'm going to go out. It fails, right? Because maybe God didn't want that. And then we have then we have to come back home and we're like, oh, I failed. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to avoid that failure? You start in Jerusalem. Start at home. You start in Jerusalem. That's really good. And then you work your way out. That's now. really good. I, I know so it's interesting you say start out there and come home. So for me, I've spent this time in South Africa. I've poured into these people that were strangers before I arrived. I literally knew three people in the entire nation. And we have a staff of just over 100 between all the churches. But then also, you know, obviously I'm working with people all throughout Africa from Nigeria. We had a whole African conference last year. It was called the Beat Conference that we put together. So our Congolese family came in. We had It was amazing. We had people flying from Dubai. Like just our spiritual family all came together. And, and so what happened is, is I poured out everything. I mean, honestly. Just poured right. and poured and poured and poured and poured and planted seeds and discipled people and gave money to strangers. Whatever the Lord laid on my hearts did radical things that, you know, if we have time, I'll share some testimonies. And we got all weekend. <laughs> we got all weekend, right? <laughs> the real uncut <laughs> version of the story. And, and what I didn't, no one prepared me for. You know, because I said, God, I, d I don't ever want to leave these moments. Like, I want to live in this. Right. So I ended up with a health issue. And I had to come back to the U.S. for medical care. Praise God for medical care here. <laughs> Let me tell you, because I had a not great experience in South Africa. And came back. And I can't even tell you how many people I consulted. Once again, kind of the inner circle of who, how do I come back? Because I know my call. I know my purpose. I understand my why of being there and so the thought of having to leave was really like <gasps> right am i being disobedient right. i didn't want to do anything wrong because it was yeah. like you don't accidentally end up in africa serving i'm, I'm sorry you can't yeah, no one ever no happen. one ever prays for africa yeah not, not <laughs> especially not a white girl from the burbs <laughs> no not at all so then to, 
the thought of coming back, I had to deal with a lot of feelings of, oh my gosh, am I failing? Am I quitting? I am not a quitter. I am. I will be strong-willed. Jake can attest to this. And I will <laughs> fight it out to the point of being sick, literally. And so I had to make that that short-term versus long-term decision and say, short-term, maybe it's best to come back, recalibrate, rest, go through your restoration process, and then relaunch back. And so as I was praying through the process, the Lord said to me, you need to understand that you are being launched back to America. And there is something you've picked up here hmm. in Africa that I need you to deposit in my people in America now. And I was like, oh. And we talked about kind of revival before we started this podcast. And there were, Cape Town has a prophetic hmm. word that goes back to the 1800s about the revival fire starting in Cape Town, moving up through Africa, out through Egypt, and touching the nations when it comes to the end right. times. And I saw stuff in South Africa that I never heard of, experienced, in America right. and my faith is on a whole new level now right. and so I operate in a place in America that I mean I'm a different girl I may look the same on the outside no, you don't. but well hopefully in a good way <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying spiritually my spirit man is in a whole nother place now I know my authority I know my dominion I know my identity in Christ and I'm like, okay, God, the same way my eyes were open in Africa for every opportunity, my eyes are open here. Right. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, as you're saying that, this is this is what I'm thinking, right? This is kind of what's in, in my head. It's, it's this. So, you know, uh, it's two things, right? It's, it's number one, you know, uh, even in Scripture, we're taught that we need a day of rest, right? Absolutely. So, so, your, time, so your time here, right, is, is a day of rest from that work, you know? We, we always think day is in 24-hour period, but, it, you know, in, in God's timing, it's crazy, right? We don't really understand it. So you're here for, your, for the next however many months, and that's your, that's your way of resting physically, right? Getting your physical Absolutely. health back, kind of decompressing, reanalyzing some things so you can be prepared to go back. Yeah. But the second part of that is what you're talking about, you, what you're bringing back, because we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, and that is the, the, the idea of your story or your testimony. Because the reality is when, when I was, when I, what really got me interested in missions, it wasn't what I was being taught in the church, is that I went to a missions conference that the Baptists had in the area, hmm. and there was a missionary from I forget where, and they, they, they told their story, and I honestly cannot even remember the story right now, but I remember it, it just impressed it just impressed me so much yeah. that I was like, you know, that's something that I want to be a part of. You know, not necessarily a, a kind of like a long lifelong missionary, but I want to push yeah. it. I want to encourage others to do it. I, yeah. That's that's a thing for me, right? Yeah. And so, what's exciting, what, what, the way I see this, right? What's exciting is that, yeah, what you're depositing is your stories into the hearts of other young women and other young men. That's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be like when I was a kid. It's gonna light that fire. It's gonna make them interested in short-term stuff, and that might be what they do for the rest of their life, or it could be just the long-term. You know, my whole life is or marketplace or mar or marketplace. Just be missional yes, where or, they are, or wherever, wherever it is, whatever, whatever that thing is. You know, sure. and that's and that's really exciting. That's you know, that's really exciting because we we tend to think, um, oh, if I go back. Like you're saying, we always have those, am I, am I failing? Am I not doing right? And when God's like, no, man, I got things for you down there. Well, yes, yeah, because I've got all these stories. They're not doing me any good in, in Africa, right? I need you to deposit them in Georgia and in, and in North Carolina and wherever yeah. it is you end up. Because you're going to encourage, like, just a whole bunch of people Absolutely. to either connect with you, to go to South Africa, to be like, hey, can we go and help with you for a week? 
to, I mean, who knows what else. And that's really exciting stuff. And I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear what comes comes of all of that. So with that being said, you have anything else you want to say? I want to share one testimony. Share one testimony. One testimony. And I know we got we to gotta wrap things. But so this is going to sound strange, but Uber is in South Africa. I did not have a car. And so I had to take Uber every day, everywhere. So I'm probably, I probably took four or 500 Uber rides all over the city because that was my safest option so of transportation. Get, like, free ride credits for that. <laughs> yeah, Uber, you need to hook a sister up. Just saying. Like a punch card or something. <laughs> I mean, you hear that, Uber? <laughs> hook a sister up in South Africa. Yeah, yes, exactly. So one of the things that I did every single day is someone would pick me up and obviously they'd have to ask my address where are we taking you today oh you're taking me to his people church oh i mean i'm a white girl so they're like what are you here for oh i'm a missionary really what do you do and i had exactly five missions minutes duh to share my testimony <laughs> about why i was here with every driver i met oh that's awesome that I mean, is hundreds of so times dope. I, my testimony was like so succinct you know during this process and i can tell you that through that process, I prayed with Uber drivers to receive Christ. I prayed for healings and saw people get healed. We talked about Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had people shoot pro like videos and encourage my prayer team back in America. I had one driver who was Muslim and she saw me like she she always I always ended up in her car. It was like one of those there's not many women drivers, so I was always excited right. when it was a girl. And <laughs> I remember she got a new car. And she was like, will you please pray and bless my car for safety that nothing would happen? Because there was the taxi drivers there were like attacking the Uber drivers and like right. hurting people. It was crazy. It happens and, here. Well, but Everywhere. in South Africa, it's a little different. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. Over here so, is like, get out of here. Over there is, oh, open the door. I got a machete. I'm going to hack you to pieces. <laughs> yeah, a little different. So it was one of those things where even though she didn't believe in my God, she knew what I had was something she wanted. Yes. And so I remember praying over her business. I remember telling Uber drivers um, I was leaving. And, like, the one guy actually teared up and hugged me. And I'm like, dude, I've, like, had three rides with you. But was able to impact lives through something as simple as a five-minute conversation. It's kind of like an elevator pitch. We talk about it in business all the time. But you've got to have a testimony. Your testimony mm. is the number one thing that every single person can stand on no matter what. Yes. If you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the scriptures, but you know what God's you done know your for your story. life. And, Gee, and, and so familiar. here's my it thing. It does. We talk that, about episode six? <laughs> I say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about a two-minute miracle in our uh, church training process. And if you want to learn how to tell your two-minute story, it's this easy. You spend 30 seconds talking about your life before you knew God. You spend a minute talking about the conversion process, how you, you know, when, what, what happened, how did you feel, maybe what lie had you believed, and now you believe a new truth. And then you talk about, for 30 seconds, what your life's like now. And in those two minutes, you could literally change someone else's life by sharing your story. And I feel like that was, I actually taught on that before I left South Africa to our staff. And I remember I asked the staff, who here has shared their testimony lately? And like, people didn't really raise their hand. And I mean, I'm in a staff meeting with leaders. Right. This isn't just like the average church members. These are like our hardcore, amazing people that serve God full time. And I said, you know what? Or I said, who here has a two minute testimony? And no one raised their hand. And I said, see, that's where you guys got it wrong. Every single one of you should have raised your hand because that was an opportunity for you to glorify God and how he's worked through your life. 
and you missed out on on an opportunity to encourage everyone else in this room. That's she's like, she's like, she, 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 she did out there what Todd White did here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so for those of you listening, spend some time. I challenge you, spend some time, write out your two-minute miracle, record it on your iPhone, practice it, and tell someone. Two-minute testimony, one huh? Person. I'm so need I'm you challenging to, you, both uh, of you, to do it on your next podcast. You don't, you don't have to challenge me. We do that all the time. <laughs> we just didn't know I had a name. <laughs> but but that's, 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 that's pretty dope. I'm going to need you to make me <laughs> a meme, ah, a little image with, like, the... Uh, the instructions, like you know, thirty seconds. Yeah, this, we'll, a minute so, we'll, we'll so we can done. post it all everywhere. I'll do you one everywhere. better. Oh, I have no. written a script already. That oh, okay. It's like plug and play. All right, excellent. So to we'll, make it super easy we'll, for all of you that listen that want to share your testimony. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, when we get that from Christina, we'll announce it. We'll post it up. We'll tweet it out. We'll Twitter it out. Instagram it out. Facebook, Twitter it out. Face, yeah. <laughs> Facebook if, it out. And we don't we'll, understand Snapchat, so we won't Snapchat it out. We'll Insta book it. <laughs> we'll put it everywhere. But we'll give it to Junie. Junie will do the Snapchat. Yeah, there. we'll let Junie do the Snapchat. <laughs> um, I, you know what? That's awesome. We are. This is the longest podcast we've had, and that's okay. God has really. I think God's really spoken a lot of things uh, for all of you guys out there that are listening and that are going to listen. Um, Shout so, out to my South African family listening. But, but, Spread the word. Yes. But you know, before before you before you close down, I need you to um, let people know where to find you, yeah, where to follow you. you. So again, my name's Christina Shear. If you would like to learn more about having a missional mindset, I would encourage you to check out my book. It's called Missionary on the Go. It's a just an easy thirty day devotional for world changers. So whether you want to be missional at your job, your nine to five, or maybe you are going on a mission trip somewhere, short term or long term, I encourage you to get the book. Super simple scriptures, um, devotional opportunities, journal prompts, prayer prompts. And I even did a whole online Bible study. So you can check that out. You can watch the videos. Go to missionaryonthego.com and you can find me there. I'm I'm a social media evangelist, so just Google my name. You'll find me. You'll find like 10 pages of just her before <laughs> you find anyone else. I'm really you, good at my job. When you Google yes, Christina Yes, so, she is. Uh, with that being said, thank you, Christina. We're so excited that you uh, joined us today. Thank you, guys. You made our podcast better. Uh, because of you, it, we're going to have like seven more listeners. In just, more ways I than just, one. I just know it. Actually, no. No, I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know what? We'll probably have, no, this we're is going to have the best podcast because she's going to Twitter it she's out. She's going to tweet it out. Instant book of, it. All her billions of followers are going to listen. All her thousands of people. They're going to be like, we don't world. want you to hang out with those two guys anymore. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm hoping right, I'm, they'll say, you know what? They're crazy and entertaining and they love Jesus. Bring them to South Africa. To South and South we can have a This Is Outcry podcast live from South Africa. Live from South Africa. You know what? That would that would be us going. That would be crazy. Yes. I I'm, think this needs to happen. I, well, I need to get my passport. But <gasps> Okay, you know what? I'm glad you said that. We should end like this because here's the thing. They always say this at my church and I didn't understand the importance of it. Everybody needs two things, a passport and a Bible. And that's the way that God can use you to go. And if you don't have those two things, so it's kind of hard to serve him like so that. So 
So we got to get our passports because so we, gotta, we gotta have passports. to get our passports. Yes. So that we can uh, go to I South got, Africa. And I got He'll give, God will give you and your got, marching o- orders when you're actually ready to go. And I got plenty of Bibles. So, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, we're, uh, as we end, um, we just want once again thank Christina for being here with us. Had a great time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. And I know that uh, you're going to just leave us with a lot more, lot more work to do uh, once we get talking about other stuff. Um, off air so uh with that being said uh you are christina Shear, and you are not christina Shear. pastor j <laughs> that's pastor j soto pastor j uh, pastor j soto uh and be on the lookout for monday for 90 seconds with pastor j yeah my name is joaquin gonzalez and we're going to leave you with uh let it echo uh heaven fall live from uh jesus culture what? so peace guys Tasted of your glory, but there's so much more. We're standing on horizons where earth collides with heaven. You're longing for your children to cry.
on, make it your prayer tonight. Sing it. Oh. 